welcome to Not Just Pretty Faces, the podcast that celebrates women who are killing it. I'm so excited to share the stories of the women who have put their skills to the test and are working their way to the top of their game, if they're not already there. These women are brilliant, funny, and full of powerful magic. They are not just pretty faces. Hi, I'm Marina Jensen, your host and a mental fitness and resilience coach, an advocate for being experience-informed, and I help women have more success, better relationships, and less stress, which gives them more happiness in their lives. Let's get started with today's episode. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Not Just Pretty Faces. I'm your host, Karina Jensen, and today I have with me my friend, Sam Holmes, and she is a a boundaries coach, and she's been a trainer for over 12 years in the corporate world. And recently, I don't know, how long ago did you go out on your own? It was two years ago now. Yeah, two years ago, went out on her own and uh, is all about empowering people to live a life that they want with the boundaries that we also desperately need. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Oh, yes, it is. Okay, Sam, where are you from? I am from a small town in Iowa that doesn't even have what you would call six city blocks. Like it's teeny tiny. Yeah. That is teeny tiny. Where do you currently live? Uh, Solon. A different small town. A different small town. Yeah. With better (laughs) restaurants and (laughs) a good school. (laughs) Who would you say that you text the most? Uh, My best friend, Sarah, for sure. Okay. Favorite trip that you've taken? Oh, so when Josh and I started dating, we took a road trip to Texas with three small girls and people are like, that sounds wretched, but I think it was a chance for us to get to know each other. Uh, it tested our parenting skills, our parenting philosophies, um, and we made it out alive. So I think that's a success. Nice job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do you self-care? Oh, okay. So this is a lot. So I think in the last couple of years, I've been really selective with my energy. So I do journaling, especially when I can tell I'm avoiding some feelings that probably Mm. need to be processed. Um, I do enjoy meditation. That's a little trickier with three young girls in the house. Um, (laughs) I love bubble baths. I don't care who says bubble baths are not self-care. They are self-care. They are Um, totally self-care. Yeah. Uh, Retail therapy doesn't hurt. So it's nice that I get a discount um, at my part-time <laughs> job. <laughs> um, working out, you know, as much as people talk about it, like it really does help. And I can tell my mood overall is better. So I like to do HIIT workouts, high interval training. Um, I do weightlifting. And then I really enjoy walking, not running so much, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why people like, enjoy running. <laughs> I don't know either. And then reading is big for me, just like having the time to set aside to like get lost in a book. Yeah. And oftentimes I'll read three books at a time because I like variety. So I'll skip between, I'll read a chapter here, a chapter here. Yeah. That, that's interesting. I have found myself doing that too. And, and adding an audible in there as well. So I'm trying audible again. I wasn't a huge fan of it the first time around, but I'm trying to... I'm re- or listening to um, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Mm. Yeah, so I think if they have like an interesting accent, it 
draws me in a little bit more. It helps. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your first job? Uh, my first job was working for my uncle and he owned a melon farm and it was called Roush Produce. And I worked there from the time I was like 11 or 12. So I would help plant, pick and sell produce. So cantaloupe, watermelon, anything you could grow in a garden. Wow. Yeah. So I can pick like the best watermelon or, you know, melon at the grocery store. So I can help with that. At one point, I think I could carry like six to eight watermelon at a time because you had to get pretty efficient, (laughs) right? You don't want to make like a bunch of trips between like the rows of watermelon and the trailer. So I got pretty creative with how to carry them. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Yeah. I can hardly carry one. (laughs) I like, I like to surprise people. I'm so small. People are like, you did what? Yeah. Yep. My dad ran a construction company, so I would help him. I would carry a bundle of shingles, which weighs like 80 pounds. So it was like the same weight as me as the time at the time. And I'd carry it up the ladder. Wow. Uh-huh. Nice. I learned something new about you today. <laughs> yeah. And then in high school, um, I was on the pound for pound board. So I could weight, like I could bench more than I weighed. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. <laughs> I know. So I love inner strength, but also physical strength. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Just like so to challenge you, myself. When you were carrying all of those watermelons and bundles of shingles, did you ever see yourself as a coach? You know, I, there was always something about me. I think people have said it's like a presence that I have. Like I walk into a room and I command attention because I grew up with five of my cousins and they were all, some of them were older than me, some were younger, but it so happened that I was typically the ringleader. So I was also the one that got in trouble because they know whose ideas were the, you know, getting everybody in trouble. They know where the idea came from. But, and then when I worked for my uncle, um, I ended up being a crew leader. So I helped hire, fire, do payroll for all these other workers that were out there. So I don't know if coach, but leader for sure has always been a theme for me. All right. That makes sense. I can see that. You're probably called bossy a lot. (sighs) Yep. And now I would tell people (laughs) if they were to call me or my daughters that I would say, no, we have preferences. Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) And that is okay. (laughs) I was also called bossy when I was a kid. I was Uh uh, among the older of all of my cousins. And, um, I, I used to have great ideas as well. And I still have great ideas, but you know, I would, I would strategically make things happen. And yeah, even now as adults, my cousins were like, you are so bossy. And I was like, yes, but here's what happened with that. I now am a great leader and you have all developed phenomenal skills. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you That's are what they're like, you were always getting us in trouble. I was like, listen, it was your <laughs> choice, whether or not you went along with the idea and you always chose to right? Boundaries. That was your choice. I made my choices. You just happen to follow me. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about you and your work and how you got started in this endeavor. Yeah. So I would say it was my own healing journey, my own self-care journey that I started understanding that like energy is a thing. Everything is energy. And, you know, I'd kind of shied away from setting like big goals for myself for a long time. So when I started setting goals, what I was noticing was that there were pieces of my life that weren't operating, right? If we had a wheel of life, 
and there's all these slices, um, some things were really holding me back. And what I decided was boundaries or like setting limits on those things that were draining my energy is what really helped me move forward. So we can set all the goals in the world, but if we don't know what's holding us back already, because we're very capable individuals, but something maybe outside of our control, maybe within our control is like not helping us get there. We have to address it. Absolutely. Totally. It is the most freeing. I had a a gal on a couple episodes ago and she has all of these things that she's doing. She's a coach herself. She had just been elected to city council. She trains for triathlons and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I said, how do you manage that? And she said, discipline. And I said, discipline is boundaries. I just want to make that very clear. And that it really does help us to understand ourselves and be comfortable in that, that what we want and, and, uh, or don't want does not affect the other person. Yeah. I think that's what people don't understand is like boundaries or rules that you have for yourself. These are standards, guidelines, non-negotiables that you have for yourself. It has very little to do with other people. And that's the biggest hesitation I get is I don't want to upset anyone. It's like, well, why would you upset someone with the standards for yourself? That already there tells me that that might be an unhealthy dynamic. Absolutely. Yes. And who, and who the told us that we were responsible for other people's emotions. You can say fuck, by the way. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And who the fuck told you that? Like, I understand some of us are conditioned like that. I understand that a lot of us grew up not knowing what boundaries were, Totally. but like, if we want to reach our goals, if we want to have a successful life, whatever successful means to us, we have to set boundaries. We have to set limits or Mm -hmm. else we end up depleted. And then whatever we are giving out is of lower quality. Absolutely. I uh, saw TikTok yesterday. I think it was. This woman said that she does not teach her children to share in the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. And so when she would go to play dates with her kid, another parent would come and ask her, you know, my, my son or my daughter, my kid would like to play with this toy that your kid's playing with. Can they have it? Or they would say to her kid, why don't you be nice mm-hmm. and <laughs> let my kid play? And she was like, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> We have, and we have it was had a great example yeah. of boundaries and, and how early on we're taught. Yeah. So you had a, a fairly uh, adamant response to that. Mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm, she would be mm-mm. nice. Mm-mm. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So with our girls, like they are allowed to have special items that they do not have to share. You know why? Because that means there's no boundaries. If everything that's mine is yours and yours is mine, then where do you get to be an individual and in all of that? Yeah. So, and also if I, if I was at that play date, you know, the thing that I do with my girls, if they were like, Hey, I want to play with this toy. I'd be like, what do you need to do about that? Like, right. go ask, like, I'm not playing with it. Are you asking me for it? Cause I can't do anything about that. <laughs> like empower them to ask the question. And then they also have to respect the response. Right. That was one of the things growing up that my dad used to say to me, never ask the question. And if you're not ready for the answer. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, of course, I did not understand it at the time. And it took me a really long time into my adulthood to fully, fully understand what that meant. And that if, if we could teach that to young kids on a regular basis, oh my gosh, our world would be so different. Right. Well, that's a, anybody that says, well, I don't know if I want to set this boundary or if I want to ask, you know, this person to respect this boundary. I say, you can ask for whatever you want. 
as long as you realize that it's a request and the other person can accept, deny, or negotiate their part. Yeah. Ask for whatever you want, but just know that it's a request. Just like if someone were to ask you something, they know that you could say yes, no, maybe so, right? Mm -hmm. You can always ask, but you can't always determine the response. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, we've kind of touched a little bit on what boundaries are and all that, but there, first of all, there are several different kinds of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us what? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to look up my list. I know there's, there's basically like seven different types of boundaries that people can have. Yes. And when I say seven, people are like seven, how the heck could there be seven? So for those that are listening and while Sam's looking up her list, yeah. Um, she came to talk to the women in the U Academy for, which is a, a women's business academy that I created. And we talk about things like boundaries and tough conversations and self-promotion and Sam's original um, uh, discussion with the group was so powerful that our cohort gets to decide who comes back in, in the the second to last month to dive deeper into their topic. And it was pretty damn unanimous (laughs) for Sam to come back and talk to us more about boundaries, especially because it happens to be in November. And so we're getting into holidays where there's a lot of boundaries that are, are either non-existent or crossed at -hmm. the holidays, because that's when we're usually getting together with family. All right. You got them. Yep. Okay. Okay, Tell us what they are. Seven types of boundaries. Physical boundaries that have to do with your body, your physical space, sexual boundaries, emotional and mental boundaries, spiritual or religious, financial and material boundaries, time boundaries, and then non-negotiable boundaries. There's one missing. Nope. Yep. Physical, sexual, emotional, oh, spiritual, you, financial, sexual. time. I didn't hear the sexual. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm waiting for the sexual boundaries. So you didn't say I them. was going to say, <laughs> if you didn't hear it, maybe we should talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I'm, I am. I mean, we can, but not right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So say those again, one more time, slowly. Mm-hmm. So we have physical boundaries, mm-hmm. sexual boundaries, emotional or mental boundaries, spiritual or religious boundaries, financial and material boundaries, time boundaries, and non-negotiable boundaries. So when you're working with clients, which one of those do you think is the most common that people need to establish and be comfortable setting? So when women come to me, typically they're struggling in their career and I do help them work through their career challenges. So either they've lost their job, they're completely exhausted at their job, they're working at a toxic place, um, they wanna do something different and switch industries, but they don't know how. So a lot of times that's where the conversation starts and that starts around time boundaries. But then as we work together, kind of everything else is uncovered. Yeah. And we'll find out that maybe they're having issues like the relationship or um, emotional boundaries is really what's draining them, but they weren't able to recognize that on their own. Isn't that super interesting? I find that a lot too with my clients that they come wanting to fix A. X, yep. Yep. And then after a couple of sessions, we really get down into it and we realize that there is really B, C, D, Y, and Z that Uh are causing the issues with the first one. And it's just fascinating to me how as a whole humans 
don't typically um, either want to recognize or are capable of recognizing that if this isn't really the issue, this mm-hmm. original thing isn't really the issue. Right. Well, that's why coaching is so powerful. You have somebody holding up a mirror for you saying, Hey, I know this is what you said, but what I see is this beautiful person. And there's these things that I think we could fix together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it really is our job to make the connection between the dots of, you know, in the first session that we were together, this is what you said about this thing. And now here we are three sessions later, and these are related. Mm -hmm. And this is the, this is a different topic, but there's a current there. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, I don't know about you, but I know for me, when I, when I have a client that can, we can make that correlation for them because they're in it. Right. And just like Mm -hmm. coaches need coaches. Yep. Yes. (laughs) We're in it. We're living our lives. We can't always see the things as objectively as somebody else can. So that, that I think is, um, I love the fact that you are so focused on helping people set boundaries because there's so much more to it than, than what we ever could imagine. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of books, but who wants to read all the books when we have There's same? a lot of books and you know what, honestly, it's a journey. That's why, you know, I do workshops. Um, I have like a workbook that I'll be publishing soon for people to work through boundaries on their own, but it really is a journey. And the first time that you do it, you're like, oh, I don't know if I did it right. Was I, am I being selfish? Like you question yourself a lot. And if you don't have somebody in your corner to say, you know, this aligns with your values. This is why you said this was important to you. Yep. And maybe you didn't get it right the first time, but that's okay. We can keep working on it. Like that's just what people need is a little bit of support. I like to say I'm a professional best friend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yes, it's, it's, yes. stuff is hard. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. That's true. Can you walk us through what the process is for setting a boundary? Okay. So what I always tell people is we, I go through the spiel. I say, this is what boundaries are, right? It's a set of rules you have for yourself. It's a way to communicate high quality information to other people about how to best interact with you. And then at its core, if there's a relationship that's not working or that's draining you, this is a way that we redirect energy in that relationship because you can lose relationships from setting boundaries, Mm -hmm. but this is an attempt to maintain it, to make it more healthy. So when people say, yeah, it's to teach other people how to treat me. Mm, It's to treat yourself what you're worthy of. Yeah. I want to, I want people to really hear that. Yeah. Setting a boundary is not to teach other people how to treat you. And that's funny. That's the next thing I say is <laughs> the only, the only wrong way to set a boundary is to do it in an attempt to control or manipulate someone else. Yeah. So ultimatums and threats, those are not boundaries. You better do this or else that's, that's not a boundary. <laughs> right. But, so if you're trying to control someone else's behavior, then it's not a boundary we're not talking about the same thing. Right. So, okay. So you said boundary, what's not a boundary. And then where do we start? So I show my clients the wheel of life. And I say, if I were to tell you right now that you had to go have a conversation about one of these topics and your response would be, oh shit, that's where we start because that's what's draining most of your energy. 
I love that so much. Uh-huh. Oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah. There's, there's whoever, whatever's going on in this wheel, there's somebody that you have to call, email, talk to. There's something there that you got to address and you're like, I want to. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> um, what conversation would you rather be having in your industry? Hmm. It's a good one. What other conversation would I be having? I think indirectly, I kind of touch on this, but just the fact that women were not made to be clean, pretty, and nice. I think that's a lot of what I talk to my clients about is, you know, this is you, this is the good, the bad, the ugly, and you don't have to be ashamed of any of it. And they're like, well, you know, I, I can't do this or I can't do that. And I'm like, why? Like, who told you? Like, who are you allowing to teach you what you can and can't do with your life? You only get one. Right. It's time to cut through the bullshit. Is this the stuff you really want to be doing? Because if not, if you're drained and exhausted and you feel resentful afterwards, we got a problem. We're Mm -hmm. wasting some time. Yeah. I, uh, I couldn't agree more. We, we are wasting time. We are wasting energy in so many ways and by not having those conversations, but it's like the, oh shit, right? We, Mm -hmm. Oh shit. (laughs) I mean, what? Mm -hmm. Oh man. Um, quick little topic change Mm -hmm. and focusing on you for a hot second. Have you had any majestic meltdowns since you've started your own coaching business or how many times have you said, fuck it, I'm getting a job, like a full-time job. So let's see every month for two years, at least once. What's that? 24. (laughs) Okay. So before I was doing cycle tracking, I just thought that I was trying stuff and it wasn't working. So then I just needed to like opt out. Yep. But then now that I've been doing cycle tracking, I'm realizing that my hormones are playing games with me. Um, so at least once a month, day 23, I think it is, um, is typically when I would hit my low point and I was not feeling good. And I could not remember anything positive about why I decided to do what I was doing to choose the direction that I had chosen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, often I question it and meltdowns. Yeah. You can ask Josh. I'm sure he's, he could count for you how many times <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when we were in lockdown. I mean, we were stuck together. So he saw all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, talk about that too, a little bit, the cycle tracking, because it's mm-hmm. super, I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware. In fact, I'm yeah. yet to have an episode in which <laughs> I have talked about cycle tracking and the creator of the agenda uh, yeah. period. Um, so how has that knowledge of your own body affected you one and your, your level of happiness, but your business and also your relationship with your girls? Yeah. So with cycle tracking, what I just realized is like, my body is normal. My body is natural. This is just the ebb and flow of how my emotions or how my hormones are affecting things. There's no good or bad. There's better ways to take care of my body. And ultimately it was just like a full acceptance. Cause I feel like, um, I had worked with a health coach at one time, or I was going through my coaching certification process. And she was like, do you have any body image issues? And I was like, nope, I love my body. This is what I was born with. This is what I got. I got no issues with that. But I think what I meant was the appearance of it. Mm-hmm. And then 
when the more I thought about like the cycle tracking and reflecting back, there were so many times that I pushed my body. I was just like, nope, more coffee, more something. Like we just got to go, 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 go. And I didn't realize like I wasn't honoring my body's needs. You know, I'm a trauma survivor. So I wasn't connected to my body. I wasn't listening to my body. I've been disconnected from my body for years. So cycle tracking was a way to like step back and like reassess what's happening in my body and how do I honor it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so and then for, for Josh, so if anybody wants to have a healthy relationship, you can put your um, worst days, your <laughs> hormone drops on your partner's calendar. So Josh knows there are certain days I need extra cuddles. There are certain days that he should go play video games because I'm not in any mode <laughs> to socialize. <laughs> That's a real thing he has on his calendar. Mm-hmm. And then with the girls, it's just so important that, you know, this isn't information that I had when I was younger. Right. You know, periods were kind of shameful. They were dirty. They were, you know, something we didn't talk about. So to know this information and to be able to talk to the girls and say, you know, when the time comes, this is natural. This is what you might be feeling, you know, but you want to pay attention to your own body and how it's working. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the thing about that is, and it goes back to boundaries too, because once we understand that our body is cyclical and our hormones are cyclical, then we don't question our sanity as we were raised to do. Yeah. And that helps us to establish those boundaries even more. Just like you said, like having a a healthy relationship with Josh, understanding these are the days that we just cannot, we can't, we can't do whatever it is that we would normally do because today's just not the day. Yeah. And before there would be no, no warning. I use air quotes with warning. Um, because we never, unless we were trying to get pregnant, we never tracked our cycle, right? Which I think is a huge, um, sadness. That's not the right Mm -hmm. word. That's the only one that's coming to mind for half the population of the planet. (laughs) Yes. Well, it's so funny that you say that because that's one of the boundaries that I have, you know, people, especially if I don't know them very well, they're like, when are you and Josh going to have a baby or when are you going to add or what? And I'm like, you know, a woman's body is made for more than just reproducing. Yes. And I, and I don't get asked that question again, not from the same person because they're like, oh shit. (laughs) Right. Sam's not messing around. (laughs) Right. Sam has my body. My body is not up for discussion and how I use (laughs) it. Yeah. It's funny. I don't have kids. I've never given birth, um, to a child and well, to anything except ideas, a, a business, <laughs> a business. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, um, I, I don't so much anymore cause I'm 47 now, but before I used to get asked all the time, when are you going to have kids or why don't you have kids? And, um, I, I, I did just recently get asked that question not that long ago, like right around Thanksgiving, like, yeah. why don't, why didn't you have kids? Did you choose not to, or wasn't it an option? And I was like, I'm not going to tell you <laughs> yeah. my, my body, my choice. Right. That's it. Yeah. It's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something I wanted to ask you, let me, uh, I have to go look because there was something that, that we wanted to talk about for sure. Unrealistic expectations. Let's talk about unrealistic expectations. How do you define that? First of all. Hmm. Okay. Was this your question or my question? That was yours. 
My damn it. Now I'm trying to remember what I was thinking. Juggle, actually, technically you said juggling unrealistic expectations. Oh yeah. So something that always comes up or typically comes up when I'm working with a client, I typically only work with females is they're doing all the things they're hustling mm-hmm. for their worthiness, you know, and mm-hmm. I've, I've been there too. There's no judgment, but like when you're volunteering and you're working and you're mothering and you're running a household, like doing all this paid and unpaid work, you know, what gets dropped, what, what needs to happen? Because often we get so entangled in our responsibilities that they become part of our identity. So then we have a hard time stepping away. So it's fine to do all the things. Like if you can fully, like you're, you have the bandwidth to do it. That's perfectly fine. But what I find more often than not is we don't. And what's happening is we're, we're sacrificing ourselves and our health and our mental health um, just to be all the things to all the people. So if I had one thing I would say to women is just stop, reevaluate what's actually bringing you joy, because if it's depleting you, it's hurting you in other areas that you may not even be aware of. Yeah, completely. Which we talked about earlier on the wheel of life. Like, what is it mm-hmm. that you want to talk? Well, you don't want to talk about. Let's talk about this yeah. one. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's insane how much we uh, put value into doing for others mm-hmm. and how most, I, I think, I don't know this to be the case, but I think most women would teach their daughters to put themselves first. Mm-hmm. But because our children learn by watching more than they learn by being told. Yeah. How do we expect our, our next generation of women to put themselves first if we're not willing to do that for ourselves? Yeah. Yeah, It's role modeling boundaries is part of it. The other part is we have to allow our daughters to have boundaries. Yes. You know, when, when it comes to saying goodbye at the holidays, don't say, go give that person a hug, go give that person a kiss, go do what you know, you know, that person is asking for, looking for, say, go say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, goodbye. You say it how you, you know, you express that however you want. You want to wave? See ya. You want to give a yeah. hug? Cool. Like that. But that is your choice. Like yeah. it's, it's modeling it for ourselves, but then also allowing them to set their own boundaries. Has that, so you have uh, one daughter and then two stepdaughters, right? Yep. Yep. So how has that worked in meshing the the three girls together yeah so early on Josh and I knew that we felt a strong connection to each other we were at a similar life stage like we knew this we were in it to win it so when we started integrating the girls we thought really hard about what are our core values or what are things that we want the girls to emulate like if we because our job is to put three contributing individuals out into the world right to make the world a better place that's our job as parents we take that job very seriously So we knew we needed a goal. We needed, what are we aiming for here? So when we talked about it, you know, honesty is my number one value. If you can't be honest with me, you're probably not going to hear from me again. Like we have to have that level um, of trust, of honesty, of candor. For Josh, he just has a love for people. He's like just a social being, you know, and he was like, you know, kindness, like the girls need to be kind to a point, right? Right. And then those are the family values that we gave the girls. We said, here are our boundaries as parents. We need you to be honest. We need you to be kind. Anything outside of that, we'll talk about. You can do whatever you want. You can, you know, you got free reign. Like we have limited rules in this house. 
But when they weren't honest and they weren't kind, we had big discussions. We had big family discussions about that. And then, you know, it was only two. So, and they were young when we said these. Um, it's worked really well because they understand the why behind it. We're all on the same page. And then a couple of years later, we added integrity, doing what you say you're going to do. And that has been in a way to like integrate our households, our families, like that has just been, it, it was one of those moments where we're like, wow, we might be geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> like shit, maybe we got this part figured out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they, they're now, um, have you, I'm not sure how to, how I want to ask this question. Um, because not many people on the planet parent this way. Yeah. Do you find that their level of, uh, self-awareness and, um, self-love has helped them or in some cases, has it hindered them? I don't mean hindered. Like, I mean, I feel like it's helped, but they have such an awareness of boundaries and values that sometimes they're confused when other people don't play by the same rules that that's what I meant. That's the, that's the challenge they've had is, you know, um, our two youngest have had issues of bullying at school and they're like, I don't understand. We're supposed to be kind. I said, yeah, in our house, we're kind. That might not be important to other people. So this is how we handle it when other people aren't kind. And oh, by the way, this boundary or like this value of kindness, if somebody is unkind to you, that stops. We're not kind to unkind people. We don't give them the opportunity to continue to hurt us. So ignore it at first, then ask for help if you don't know what to do. I think, I think there are, (laughs) can we teach that to women too that are like, (laughs) you would be surprised. So I shared something that Nedra, what, I don't remember what her last name is. But she's like a psychologist and she teaches boundaries. And I've learned a lot from her and also, you know, my own experiences with clients. And she talked about, you don't have to be kind to people who are mean to you. And I'm like, yes. And I posted that and you would have no idea how many women reached out and they're like, nobody ever told me this, or I've never heard this before. I'm like, because we're supposed to be nice. Nope. Be a good Nice, pretty and clean and quiet. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So let's reiterate that for the people that are listening, we do not have to be kind to people that are unkind. Mm -mm. We don't have to be polite. No. If somebody like, there are certain things that are non-negotiable. Nobody needs to tell you what you need to do with your life. Nobody needs to tell you how to spend your money, who to be in a relationship with, what to any choices that have to do with your body. There are a lot of things that should be non-negotiable for you that if somebody crosses that line you say hey I'm not comfortable talking about this mm-hmm. or hey I don't you know I don't want to talk about this or that's not true for me whatever you're saying that you think I should be doing that's not true for me thank you for your suggestion right yeah. and then toss it in the trash bin but that just yeah it's yeah we so often and we this has this mentality this this perception that we have to be nice and polite has been the root cause of so many, um, assaults and traumas Mm -hmm. because we can't, we can't upset them. Right. And then we instantly go into fight, flight, freeze, or peace. Mm -hmm. And it's at that point, it's a survival method, but it, we got to that point because 
we, it's so ingrained. We've been taught for so long that we have to be nice and polite. Yeah. You have to be nice or else you're a bitch. I'm, I will those take, are the two options. Those you know are what? the two I'm, options I'm gonna, we got. I'm going to level up the bitch to fucking bitch. I will take fucking mm-hmm. bitch any day. Like I, I have no, I've. I've it's funny because people are like, well, how, Sam, how would you say this? They're like, I want to set this boundary. I want to, you know, I want to address this behavior. And I just fire it out. And people are like, I would never say that. Or you're kind of like a wordsmith. I'm like, yeah, because I'm kind and direct. You can be both. You can it's called be assertive. Yes. And women are allowed to be assertive. Yes. And they will absolutely call you bossy or aggressive or bitch or whatever. But mm-hmm. that is, it is, man, it is such a beautiful place to be when once yeah. we are comfortably there. It is very efficient. Mm-hmm. to communicate directly. Yes. You're yes. not leaving anything to question. You're being right. very clear about what you want. Right. And the other person can choose their response. And, you know, for good measure, make sure that you both have the same understanding of the words that mm-hmm. are being spoken, right? Like right. real maple syrup. We don't always have the same definition. Right. And so making sure that you have the ability to ask those questions and, and figure that out is vital. Mm-hmm. Mm. Man. Okay. A couple more questions before we go. Yeah. What is one book recommendation you would give? Ooh, burnout. Okay. I, I feel like is it wraps together a lot of concepts that I've read in other books. So if you are short on time, burnout talks about how we deal with stress in the body, how we have unrealistic expectations as women. Um, Oh, just so many good things. I can't even remember everything, but it was written by two sisters. Um, It's Emily. I don't remember the last names, but I'm horrible with names, but yeah, burnout. It's a black and pink cover. You can't miss it. It's it's a good one. Okay. I'll look for it. Last question. If you could share one thing with the next generation of women, what would it be? Hmm. You can do it and fuck anybody who says you can't. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> Sam, it has been awesome having you on the show. Thank you so much for carving out some time during the day and, and talking to us about boundaries at all the seven different types of them and your personal experiences. And I want to, I, um, Next year, some point, I want to go to the store with you and watch you carry six watermelons. Okay. We can do that. <laughs> That'll be our follow-up episode. <laughs> we'll get that on video. We'll yep. do a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sam. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have found this, this episode as helpful as I have. And if you want to reach out to Sam, all of her contact information will be in the uh, show notes. And we will see all of you badass, beautiful, not just pretty faces. Well, I mean, we'll hear you or you'll hear us, I guess, next (laughs) week. (laughs) A special thank you to our sponsors for making this episode possible.